Welcome, everybody. It is PMP Weekly, episode 140, and it is 25th of October 2021. See, I'm, I'm learning. It's not 2022 yet. It's the years go by. And it's always, right? And I mean, by the time you learn, it's going to be 2022, and you're like, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Um, I think that the, the year has completely lost its kind of a meaning within this situation yeah. where we are. So I guess that's the, the reason. Monday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's that means nowadays, Monday, right? whatever that means so <laughs> <laughs> anyway in the PMP week we talk about the latest in Microsoft 365 platform uh, so the latest news from Microsoft and then some community news as well not all of them but raising a few of the points uh, and then we typically have a visitor as well so this time we have Simon Okren um, uh, directly from Sweden northern Sweden actually and apparently there was snow on his backyard uh, so it's it's already getting a bit snowy in the northern Finland and Sweden and and I, I guess Norway isn't because of the coastline. Anyway, that's a separate discussion. That was all about you. On Weekly, we, we talk about <laughs> M365 platform calendar days and weather across Europe. Yes, that's what we do. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's jump to the interview with Simon, and then we come back on the, on the articles right after that. So jump in. So let's actually get moving. So thank you, Simon, uh, for joining us on the BMP Weekly episode 140. Uh, I think it's season four. Ah, you've been actually in the show before, and, and we had a good chat before we started recording that let's yeah. please remember to put the recording on this time, because last time we talked about like 30 minutes and realizing that, ah, darn, the recording is not on. Okay, guys, let's get this going. Let's talk for five minutes, and then we just go, ah. <laughs> exactly. That was such a good discussion. What a... Anyway. It always is, now, right? <laughs> can you, can you Simon, quickly do an introduction? Who are you? What do you do for a living? Sure. I'm Simon. Um, some call me King of the North. It's not because I'm good at anything. It's just because I live very far up north in Sweden, and we have a lot of snow all the time and we have one week of summer basically is it is it already snowing i don't want to tell it is still snowing on the roofs here yeah i can yeah, yeah. it's lovely yeah, yeah. Let, let's move on yeah i'm i'm an <laughs> <laughs> office don't mention the snow. for for three years and still still going quite strong but yeah I've been taking some breaks now because I have a new role as well. Um, I started working for Advania. Advania? I don't know how we say it in English. I've only heard it in Swedish. So, <laughs> And I also work at a specialist unit named Knowledge Factory within Advania. So we try to, you know, how do you say, compromise or bring all the 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 best people together. And then they have me as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what they were thinking, but yeah, that's that's basically it. And I also got a a promotion um, recently, so I'm now chief technical architect or CTA or chief janitor, whatever you want to call me. So, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so what does that mean? What do you do in your work? Yeah, what what does it actually mean? Fancy words. I'm a consultant, so I, I, you know, I, I work with customers. I now I'm working as a solution architect at a customer and in a organizational role for once. So I'm, uh, I'm on the customer side now. I'm always on the customer side, but on the customer side of yep. customers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And 
So what I do, so, I focus on modern work uh, now because yep. we had people for a very long time within Knowledge Factory focusing on more infrastructure. And we have people that used to build uh, the AD Sync tool and have been at Microsoft and they're big names within that. But I, I, I didn't know them before because I come from this other world, you know. Yeah. Uh, so now we're focusing on modern work as well and trying to build a good team. So I've been focused on recruitment and hopefully we'll see some cool people soon. But otherwise, I think it's more about community and governance. So, you know, trying to build a community internally for whole Advania, but also like governance is more escalation routes for us principles during customer deliveries and, you know, trying to create clarity between uh, delivering contracts and ensuring quality and blah, 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 you know, things like that. So, now so that, basically, that, basically, if the shit hits the fan, it's my fault. Yeah. So now yeah. that you're a chief technical architect, does it mean that you're still writing code for the customer projects? Um, no, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's part of my free time or, uh, yeah. But that is your background, right? So you're an office dev uh, MVP, and you come from that kind of uh, building stuff, building for yeah. cloud and M365 and Teams and Graph and SharePoint and all of that. Right. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I think I'm like, um, I mean, Victor Villan is very involved. He's much more involved than I am. Uh, but I mean, I think I think he does the same. He's been more business involved, uh, but he also likes to write code a lot. Yep. Uh, so that is why why I'm still Office Dev MVP because I that is how I like to contribute when I have time to to, to contribute to the community. Yep. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and it also keeps and me on you, mentioned... you know, to to understand what we can do and cannot do. And exactly. All the things. Exactly. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's valuable. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely is. So uh, in modern work, right? So you, so you mentioned that you're involved in modern work, right? Yeah. So does it, like which workloads of of M three six five do you you work with all of them yeah all of them I <laughs> and mean, then some modern work could be this or it could be this and uh, mm -hmm. i'm gonna answer this this uh question in high value complexity no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on the people we get we we never in knowledge factory we never you know okay we need a person as a project manager then we add that person because we we try to um, we try to add the people that we believe in, that they they are, you know, similar to the MVP mentality and things like that. They have a we have a sharing culture, humble people, um, and then we try to build it around them. So I'd say we used to only work with more the infrastructure, the more behind the scenes things, and now we're trying to come a bit closer to the end users. And I'm thinking like we are mostly trusted advisors, more strategic level, but also, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that we could work with, you know, service adoption, uh, more technical implementers, because we, we also need that if we want to be, you know, a couple of people on the same customer and things like that. So it depends. I'm going to give you the consultant. Of course answer. it does. Yeah. yeah. Of course well, we have does. people doing like enterprise mobility uh, in tune, but also want to move into governance, uh, the technical aspects, but also maybe even, you know, educating or understanding how it is to implement something in Teams. So, I mean, the end right. users in Teams are going to use the devices, uh, 
And we need to think about all those things. How will that experience be for them as well? Um, yeah. And also, so I assume part of your job is also is not only to look at what is available out of the box, but also to extend it to customers' needs, right? Yeah. Where do you see your customers look at, like, like which areas do they look at the most? Is it more the power platform or is it more custom dev or is it all over the place? What's currently the hot thing for your sales customers? I think that I think one hot thing is Viva, like the concept of Viva. And you know, it's spawned in marketing, I'd say, but I think it has a huge potential and Viva Connections, the extensibility there as well. But I think most of the times now I end up in Sweden, you know, we have customers that have they had they have a need to be helped in a strategic way maybe like okay um oh we have implemented microsoft 365 what do we do now are we are we done and they have no way to measure how it's going to see where the quick wins are what they should focus on um and so that's basically where i try to help them but it could be power platform governance it could be you know uh, environment strategy, it could be architecting those things. But as of right now, I have only been, you know, able to help them at the strategic strategic level. But I depends on what people we bring in as well, because I think there's huge possibility to help out end to end more or whatever you want to say. So, yeah. Now, you said something really interesting, actually, there related on on what customers are asking. And, and that comes up every now and then with the depending, of course, to who do we talk to. But how do you measure success? What, how, what would be do you have any tips or is it a component secrets on, on how do you oh, do depends. that? But uh, it depends. It depends. Of course it depends, but some examples. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've been looking a lot at the, the um, what is it called now? The. Um, the maturity model for maturity model, model. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a way to talk about where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking that there are possibilities to go in and do a you know quick overview and try to establish where we are and talk talk in general, maybe at, at the company level, and then then try to focus on then try to focus on um, you know the areas that we should focus on depending on the situation and and then because you get you get a quick gap analysis if you kind of like we are here but we want to be here and then you could try to implement a um, uh, you know a roll up plan what should we focus on first how do we get there so then you could yeah. talk about this but you don't have to talk about it in a super technical way. You could talk about it, it right. at the ROI level as well. So yep. this is what we Return should do. Of investment. Yep. Yeah. And then we try to dive into, okay, what do we do technically? And, yep. and, and that's where I think it's super good to know as well, what could we do with teams? Could we bring in bots? Could we do all those things? So I'd say I'm a hybrid in that way. I'm not a solution architect only working with don't know, not caring about the technology, but I like to bring it up at the strategic strategic level. Okay, we have teams right now. That's good. Now we could work with that. But it's not how do we work best with teams? I like to you know raise it the level and just but what do you trying to accomplish? Yeah. And then which, you know move into which for sure is a really good question. 
Yeah. Sorry, Simon, for uh, on jumping there, but it, it's and that's where the maturity level for Microsoft 365, which is by the way an absolutely brilliant assets by awesome. by two assets and Mark and and uh, Emily and a few others, and they, and by the way they're looking for contributors for those who are listening or watching this, uh, so people can contribute. Uh, it is a community-driven open source mentality, but in docs, um, and it helps on on having that strategic discussion and 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 evalument of or evaluating where the customer is uh, from a maturity level perspective so really cool stuff for sure mm -hmm. um but what you were saying is is actually what we're more and more seeing what our partners are doing as well which is not just the technical implementation because you need to know why you are implementing this technical thing it would be just called cool invent stuff right and and do stuff but then why are you doing that? What are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the fun part, uh, as you say. I mean, when I was junior, if someone would say, could you, you know, could you implement a horse in this wall? I would like, yeah, that sounds like a cool challenge. I would try to code this. <laughs> it, it's just a metaphor. I wouldn't put a horse in in a wall, but you know. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a family like, show. We're not going to do that. So. But you know, it's, it, it makes no sense doing it. So um, yeah, even I could learn. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like everyone else, you noticed probably over the last year and a half or so that there was a huge shift from working in the office to working remotely, mm. um, um, companies moving more to asynchronous work, to working on teams. Um, where do you see customers with whom you work are on this stage? Are they already um, comfortable to, to work on teams or do they still learn? And with that, like, where are they on the maturity level with regards to remote working and hybrid working? Uh, uh, I think that it depends. No, but some are very mature and I mean people are realizing that because I've heard arguments that you know you can't just stop by someone like you used to do like okay so Waldeck uh, you know this thing to, 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 to just tap you on the shoulder but you could but it's it's more of a and I don't know if it's a generational thing people are that are super used to chatting you know from gaming or whatever, they're used to hanging out in Skype or TeamSpeak or whatever. But I think that, you know, slowly, slowly people are realizing that I could just hit someone up on a chat real quickly and get an answer. This is super efficient. I don't have to have meetings all the time. But And some companies, they still have a problematic meeting um, culture. culture? With five <laughs> parallel meetings that you could that you should jump between, um, but I think there's a lot of potential, and, and that is one thing that you could you know roll out something technically. But I think we have a lot of potential to help them out. You know, finding finding these things out. What are the nuggets here? What are what are the good things that you could do to increase productivity? Because I think sometimes we, this is philosophical right now, but. I think sometimes we we confuse being busy as being productive. So we like to keep busy yep. all the time. Yeah. And you know, if you know what to do, you just do it. But if you know why you're doing it, you try to do it more. You try to do it more efficiently. You try to do less to do your things. So I think it's Simon Sinek, Sinek that said it once. But yeah, someone smart. Yeah. 
and he has the same name as you. So yeah, that's exactly. Right. exactly. No, but I, I think it's got to be good, right? It's got to be good. Yeah, exactly. We could do there, and I don't know yeah. what do you feel about how. Okay, maybe you can't say, but Microsoft then. So I'm um, coming back on the on the unhealthy, let's say, meeting culture and all of that. Yeah. So, so one thing what I at least see quite often is that it's it's it originates quite often from the lack of uh, willingness of making decisions. So you're trying to pass the decision making to an authority, and therefore you need to have the meeting so that the authority can basically say up and down or or are we going to do this or not. Um, but that tries then the, if it's a larger organization it tries the organization to a wrong path because then that means that the decision maker has to be in every freaking meeting to make the thumbs up or thumbs down and that's not efficient um we certainly and i guess that's part of the maturity level of a of the of the employees or or the the, the experience level that are they willing to make decisions because making the decision is is the key point uh, rather than delaying 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 um except in Sweden, where we have, you have the discotera culture, culture. <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> and, and fika, we have to do a lot of fika. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, so I think that's that's something what I've seen, especially in the global scale. Um, so I, I I have meetings with the teams across the world, and and quite often one of the challenges what we see in this larger company uh, is is that the teams in the different countries or regions don't feel that they are empowered to make a decision. So they're always looking decision makers from Richmond. And that can be insanely complex because there's quite a few time zones. And that means that the, the meetings can, can be at 11 p.m. or 7 a.m. in the morning or whatever. So to make those decisions. So, yeah. But no, what but are you seeing? Like, I, yeah. I, think, I think the interesting part is also the idea that like there is the work in the office, there there is the hybrid work, but these two to me are different than asynchronous work. And I think currently we're we are in the stage where we try to replicate synchronous work on Teams, right? So we're remote, but we still try to work synchronously. So we have meetings, we expect answers immediately. The way we organize our work, we need to have answers immediately because otherwise we're stuck. So I think there's yet another wave of work change for us to go through where we really embrace asynchronous work. So like no matter where where you are, you don't default to a meeting, don't default to let's talk about things. No, like default should actually be that you choose to write your thoughts on paper or in a deck or whatever and share that. And you give every, and you share it with everyone from whom you need to have input. You give them a day or two to go through and then you get back pros and cons, decision points, if any, questions, and you come to conclusion. And that yep. doesn't need to be a synchronous thing. Like, you need to be, like, that group of folks from whom you need to have input has to be here and now at this point in time. If you're not there, you miss out. And only then we can make decision or not. Yeah. One of the challenges, though, on that kind of a way of working is that the person who's asking does that input need to have the experience enough to make that decision based on the input right so um you and that's probably one of the things like i said what we will see in the future more whereas where we start empowering and allowing people to make those decisions yeah. because it's yeah. it's better to make a decision and then make another decision to correct that decision in later form if that was a wrong decision rather than just waiting for things to actually happen um i also think that having like a having a 
a second. Uh, if, if people could have more seconds, um, not seconds in time, but you know, if, if you are away, then you have someone that could do your work. So you yes. overlap a little yes. bit. I yeah. think that's that's essential as well. So, you know, we need to allow people to be able to make decisions, but also have people with, you know, that complement each other and that also could do your, yeah. your work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, but for uh, that to work, you also need to uh, work in a way that you get things out of your head. Because if I replace you, but everything is still in your head, I cannot do my work, or I cannot do your work. Sure. So, in other words, like we need to default more to getting things out of our head, putting them somewhere, share them with others, and even though, like, and that is also an interesting thing, right? We had software, we had technology that allow us to share things for ages, all the way from the uh, Z drive or Z drive, depending where in the world you are, you know, to oh, SharePoint and one. Exactly, right? And still, yeah, like we default, like, no, 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 let's not, let's talk about it. Yeah. And I, but that doesn't work. That's such a inefficient way of doing things. And yet we choose so often to do that as the de facto way of, coming up to to a decision. Yeah, I so, think you have a valid point. Uh, I think yeah. it's uh, I think it's super good. And I mean, I try to do that as well. I don't know in general because I'm I have a hard time to write something perfect to begin with. So I try to just get it out there and then, you know, reiterate and let people see look at it or me look at it again or something like that. So because sometimes it's just good to get it out there, the thoughts, the ideas, and then we work from it. So yeah, yeah. but that's yeah, again and, a human and, per persona thing, right? Uh, yeah. You need to be able to be uh, vulnerable enough to put it out there for somebody to criticize and give feedback. Yeah. Because and one thing on that one, feedback is is providing feedback is not criticizing; it's actually providing additional value and empowering the person who's requesting the feedback. Uh, of course, but how is how that provide the different? Be between a meeting and working asynchronously, if you share your thoughts and ideas in a, in a meeting no, or you put it on paper, of it isn't. It isn't exactly right. So, yeah, but then but, so so the, that, that's there the is cultural there. change. For sure. Sorry, well, that cultural change is, for is. sure, and then you need to have the time to do that, so you're not sitting in the meetings, right? <laughs> so Fair chicken enough. and Fair an egg enough. situation. So yeah, well, like, could you write the... a white paper on this? <laughs> There are books in it already, I, I right? so I, I wouldn't in, in, invent anything new, right? But there's also this this interesting aspect to it that made me realize how important it is. Um, a few years back, I worked with a person who was like on every call, like we all knew that person had opinions and they were experienced and they they would have input to share, but they were a person, and in a way, I'm I am the same way. When I hear about something new, I need time to go through it. I need to sit on it. I need to think. If we are in a meeting, you will get my primary re response, which will often yeah. miss a lot of stuff because you want me to re respond to it in, a, in an instant. I'm hearing about something new and you expect me to know everything and give you immediate yet, yes or no or whatever, right? So in other words, because if you have people like that on your team and you, you probably do, right? You will not get the most out of your team. You will miss out. You will not be able to use their skills because you force them to work in a different way than the way they handle input. 
Yeah. Right. So you also need to think also about that. Like if you need, to, you need to be be inclusive of that and empower them to work in the best way. Right. But I think that's I mean, essentially, it comes back to a very specific definition of what we hear all the time, that we need to embrace diversity. We have to, we can't create copies of ourselves. We need to see that, okay, Vesa, he's super good at doing this and working this way. Let's let's try to use that, not, not enforce him to work in some way that is not productive, that is not happy and whatever. So, yeah, yeah but it is an easy thing, thing to do, right? Because... We used to we used really? to work in the in easy thing to do? way. <laughs> no, yes, well, it is, it is, right? Because like we used to work in offices. What is the first thing that we do? We are being forced to work remotely. So the first thing that we do is we copy what we used to do in one form online. Lift and shift. Bearing the fact that yep. oh well, we're not in the office anymore. People have lives. People have their own planning. People do different things. And now we kind of try to squeeze the same form of work into a different context, right? And that doesn't always natural. work. Absolutely. But but That's I still wouldn't say that it's an easy thing to do to <laughs> transition well, away it's from easy this. easy way to, to try to, so with that, what I mean, it's easy way to do to try to uh, grasp, to replicate what you used to do because you're yeah, familiar perfect. with that. Exactly. So that is exactly. the, the easy choice, not to try exactly. to, you know, no, no, let's reset everything, reassess our environment and work with that. No, 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 no. We used to do this there. Let's do the same thing here, but now on Teams. It's like, really? Yeah, I think when you think about the situation 18 months ago, I think everybody was just forced to just rethink and relocate, shift and, and, and learn basically to a new way of doing. And of course, you replicate how you're doing that. Now we're 18 months from that moment, roughly. And still do the so, same. Still do the same. <laughs> so I, I guess we'll see the transition uh, to happen sooner or later. But as an example, my wife used to work at the office before mm-hmm. the situation happened, one or two days remotely. And now they have a completely new role which is once a month remote uh, on, on office, which is like, well, okay, that's pretty cool. So Different. The, yeah. the way of the situation then forcing the companies to adapt um, because nobody wants to go back in the, in the previous work model. So, well, but with that, the question is, did they only change the place of work or do they also work asynchronously for them? Do they change the way they work? Well, it depends again on the company. Not every single company needs to work asynchronously because they're not expected to work asynchronously because they're basically uh, expected to be in a certain time frame available. In our work, of course, what we do, it's different. And the blue color people, completely different again. Um, from, um, it, it, it all depends. Yeah, I mean, it depends on your context and it depends on, on uh, you know, how available available you, you need to be during those times. And I mean, that goes into what you were saying, well, like that maybe you don't need to be available at those times, but let's say you are. But, you know, when I was coding more i you know i was during this pre-summer i would say and i i could just no i can't get any work done so i was like okay let's go uh, i'll go for nine holes playing golf and in the snow no and and then i just came back and did like three hours red balls red balls yeah exactly super efficient because i mean makes no sense really to just sit there and just you know you know when you you can't get stuff done and you're like yeah let's go i should take a break 
but now I'm uh, I'm a zombie. Uh, and then for a mess the entire the entire evening. Then you're like lying in the sofa and uh, in the shower pose. I didn't work. I didn't I, I didn't ship anything. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. Now, now let's uh, switch quickly gears because I wanted to still touch uh, where we're <laughs> bit of longer again on the, on the schedule that we were expecting this happens always but really good discussion but what we want to talk we're recording about, we're recording so that is we're recording so that's good uh, what we also wanted to touch is your contributions on microsoft craft toolkit because you actually did a pretty important uh new contribution on the craft toolkit quite recently can you talk about that one and why, why did you do that you worked for free for microsoft what's with this <laughs> you know it it all started with we're doing all the, the blog posts, uh, a lap around the Microsoft Graph Toolkit. So then I got to know, um, yeah, a couple of, you know, at least uh, better and, uh, and Nicola as well and Beth. And uh, I don't know, I, I kind of like fell in love with the Microsoft Graph Toolkit, even though I wasn't using it that much. And I felt that providers, that is a cool thing because I wrote about it. I'm like, I, I, I like the complexity of it but i like all the all the things happening inside of them and then i just saw that you know single sign-on in teams finally here how could we implement this so yeah. then i just i just talked to nicole and i was like okay what do you think should i just look at it yeah, yeah sure look at it and then we started having it took a lot of time because we needed to change it 55 times because of reasons to so integrate it with the Teams Toolkit. And then there was a new Teams Toolkit. There were some decisions with identity. What could we do? What can't we do? But then we started to having, you know, weekly meetings, just hanging out, talking about the code, um, you know, pair programming. I showed my decisions I made. And then finally, we decided to you know, do a new version of it that was using MSL2. So we got it a little bit safer, but at the same time to make sure it was built on the, the old one so we could use it both with single sign-on and without single sign-on yeah. and try to make it flexible for the, for the user or the developer to use it. And yeah, that's basically the story. <laughs> and now it's part of the official Microsoft Craft Toolkit was released with the, is it 2.3? What was it? 2.4? Yeah. yeah. 2.3. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My memory works. I think wow. it's good. I mean, I mean, um, we could always discuss what is a safe backend, whatever, but I think it's cool that you could use any backend you like. You could use something in .NET Core. You could use, say, you know, something in TypeScript or Node whatever you want to use, basically. And it works, I'd say, if you know how to implement it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you have the expertise. Yeah, Everything you know, is easy if you know how to do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the Graph Toolkit is, is all about making it very easy for the for the developer, right? Yeah. So it's it's not that hard when you when you implement it. There, there are all a couple of things that we always need to do when it comes to, to Teams development, right? And when we want to test it and all those things, but, I mean, you could use it now in uh, your teams. You could use it in the in the Teams toolkit. You could use it in your own implementation. So I think it's I think it's powerful, and it also gives a really good end user you know experience when you don't have to log in while you're being in in Teams. 
because all the all the third party or all the applications about whatever you know it's a third party application so yep. yeah that was the thought that you need some security around it right so you need to log in oh yeah yeah but then you also don't have the experience that you signed into teams already so why do yeah. I need to sign in again to this app? Like I'm signed in already. Like just exactly. take it. You know, I, yeah. I want to use this thing. But, but no, it was, and it was super fun. It was really really fun, and it was really fun to you know, um, because I I felt like I got a part of the being a part of the team a little bit. So yeah. it was super cool. fun hanging out with them, and and you know, um, I think it was uh, a mutual good experience. So yeah. Yeah, that was that's one of my follow-up question. It's more on like, why? Why are you spending your own time on contributing on open source and community? What's what's the mindset of that? I don't know. I think it's about you know. I don't consider me always be you know never been the best developer, but I have always had an you know I've always been curious, uh, eager to learn and i'll always even since i was a junior i was like have you seen you could use objects in net look here and then they have been working for 10 years like simon sit down and relax so always, objects you know i when i see something good i really want to share it with other people as well because they could um they could use it possibly and helping out with something like this that is being consumed by many people it's uh, it's fulfilling i would say uh, and i also like you know sometimes when you get into the coding uh, because it's not that often i could sit there for hours and just you know think about these things being in the zone and and just having fun with it so yeah. it's it's kind of relaxing i would say sometimes it's yeah. stressful but it's relaxing in general yeah. I think it's the cool. same what you mentioned with Victor Villena as an example. So as a work time on your office hours, you're doing yeah. something completely different, but then you still want to relate back on the on the times of, of writing code and, and providing value for others as well. So And I all I also want to keep track on things, you know, what's happening inside of identity and I mean identity is big, but it's not trivial, um, I'd say. So it's it's really good to know uh, what's happening with MSOL and things like that as well, yep. and what's happening with you know all our frameworks, um, because I, I think it's great to know what's possible and what's not possible, and and why you should do things, why you shouldn't do things, because it's give it also adds to the the bigger picture of you know the bigger general picture, I'd say. So yeah. yeah. All of the identity and Azure stuff is basically what how we enable and build stuff to M365. So therefore, understanding the whole stack is is quite important for sure. Now, uh, I think we've gone over time again. So um, it, it would have been really awesome, Alida. Uh, awesome to continue discussion, but I guess it's it's better to close up uh, so we don't have to cut down uh, the discussion yeah. either. But uh, thank you, Simon, uh, for joining us on on this discussion. Really good to catch up as well. It's it's been a while actually. You were in the show. I can't remember which episode. Many, many, many seasons ago. Maybe. Moons ago. <laughs> moons ago, yeah. yes. Eons. Eons ago. Yeah, Eons ago. yeah we met. I think moons, yeah. <laughs> well, if you, you weren't going to the Collab Summit, right? But you are going, Vesa. No, I was, yes, I will, I'll go be there. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll be staying at the Speaker Hotel as well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bother you in the bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you expecting me to be in the bar? Never, never mind. Now, uh, <laughs> maybe for a while. Water. 
That's true. Food. Actually, seeing people is, is super important. That's what the Collab Summit is, is all about. It's not even necessarily sitting in the in the sessions. It's it's all about meeting and networking and, and meeting people because yeah. I think everybody has been waiting for, <laughs> creating for the time of meeting people. The South Coast, uh, South Coast Summit was two weeks ago and everybody yeah, was so. providing a lot of good feedback around actually meeting people. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Simon, for joining. Uh, we'll catch up more in Dusseldorf for sure. Um, thank you, Waldek, again, joining on this one. And, and we'll flip actually back on the articles right after this. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you, Simon. Bye. Cool. So thank you, Simon, one more time. And like fifth times already saying that. But thank you uh, for a really good discussion. I think it was really cool discussion related on, uh, the, let's say, the transition of the work and how most likely we'll see another big change sooner or later. I think the asynchronous way of working is a, is a really interesting topic. You, you by the way, Waldek said during the interview that there are books about it and, and all of that. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Um, Putting huh. on I think... Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to remember a title. I think there's one from the the um, uh, founders of Basecamp. Okay. And I think it's called uh, Re Remote. That is one. And then another one was, I think, also from them. I think it was called something like, it doesn't need to be crazy in the office, something yeah. along these lines. Yeah. So I think like, like these are two that... Um, stayed in my mind the most when I think about uh, asynchronous work. And, and I think course, also there was case, in everything what you do is basically quite asynchronous because your team members are in Australia and in US and you're in Europe and it has to work still. Uh, well, it's remote. I wouldn't say it's always asynchronous because we have yeah, our fair personally. share of meetings. And like, yeah. if you ask me personally, I try to work asynchronously as much as I can because I don't want like i acknowledge that that we are across the world like my team spans from hawaii on one hand to australia in the other yep they're right? pretty so close. there's a well, huge actually not well yeah so that's the interesting part right like <laughs> there are three hours away but on a different day yeah. so like the gap yeah. isn't that much it's almost the same time but it's a different day it was like it's weird right but either way like i try to the way i work i try to plan as few calls as i can because like we are, i acknowledge that that just the same way, I prefer not to stay until 11 p.m. or 2 a.m. in calls. Yeah. I don't want others to do that too. And there's nothing I require. Like there's nothing in my work that requires people to like meet face to face, really, like or 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 meet live, like to be anywhere at given point in time. No, I can get my ideas on paper and have them go through it, provide our feedback and comments, and we can work that way. But it just requires yeah. this mind shift that you need to get whatever you have on your mind on paper, yeah. get clarity, find what is the the objective, open things, to get all of that out. Yeah. Right? So like that is that is I think a bigger change that is another angle to uh, hybrid work and uh, remote work, right? So there is this work in the office, there is uh, remote work, hybrid work, but and and asynchronous work is a whole different topic that that I didn't sure. see us sure talk that much yet yeah that's true that's true and, and well good example in my case is that i work like like sent during the interview as well i work with the teams in china india and then in richmond and then try to find 
imagining time for everybody is pretty much impossible. So it's just, yeah, exactly. it, it's really, really hard. But something what I was saying really closely because I'm mentoring those development teams which are being established uh, in, in China and India is the trying to provide them the trust and empowering them to make their own decisions because there's there's an understandable reason we we as a Microsoft we have a headquarters in Richmond and there's where the things are getting led and basically requested then from this developer center. So there's this understandable we need to get everything approved. Um, but do you really um, need to get every single thing approved? Can you make those decisions by yourself and then report on a monthly basis or bi-weekly related on the progress. So communication absolutely is still important, but do you really, really need to make all of the decisions done by a separate authority? Can't you own things? And that's that's something which yeah. is, it's a cultural thing as well, which is which is hard uh, in certain cultures to take that ownership and taking the, the the trusting yourself to make a decision. So yeah, and again and again, even then, right? So imagine that you, for one reason or another, you need to have a call to get decision on something. Like I recall once, I managed to do it in a way that ahead of the I mean, right? So let's say I would need a decision by the end of the week. So I planned a meeting with a group of folks on Wednesday. A week before that, I shared with them a PowerPoint. That, yep. that had the idea, three options, pros and cons, and what I yep. recommend. Basically, we met on Wednesday for so it was like five or ten minutes because everybody pre-read everything. Like yes. it might have been been as well email, but it's like sometimes you want to see people. Maybe they want to ask stuff, or maybe. But the whole meeting was really short because everyone knew everything. People will brief. They had a chance to go through it, to think about yep. it, share their questions. So like the meeting was really short. And then you basically say 20 minutes from the 30 minutes already to prep for a next meeting or next sync or, or have a more productive time or family time. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, but, and that's something what we see uh, more and more also in, in general in Microsoft and in our organization, as an example, the, the, the pre-meeting um, it's the meeting version 2.0 or whatever initiative, which which is basically prepping everybody, sending the the stuff advance, making sure that people have the needed information. So, meeting yeah. wouldn't be necessarily even needed. So, which is the key. Anyway, yeah. so let's jump on the articles and and go through what has happened within the last week, um, and then we'll chat a bit more. Yep. <laughs> so. So last Monday, uh, so we, uh, as Microsoft, we released uh, the Microsoft uh, Teams uh, developer portal uh, with the title of Manager of Microsoft Teams app with the developer portal. That sounded really weird. Anyway, so we released the Microsoft Teams developer <laughs> portal. Uh, so that's been in preview uh, for a while, and now it's G8. Uh, so it was going to preview in build 2021. And basic idea is that you can control and manage all of the applications in your development environment or your production environment from this one location. Uh, so it's basically, uh, you go there and you authenticate against the tenant, which you then operate against. And Teams Toolkit uh, V2 is, is, among other things, is talking with this one as well. So it's all getting kind of uh, integrated. Uh, key point to understand here is, is that it's actually uh, is deprecating also the App Studio. So the App Studio is going to go away in the Microsoft Teams, and this is replacement of that one. So but yep. really cool stuff from Kartik and the team related on the implementation. So awesome stuff. Now, the next news uh, was around uh, developing real-time collaboration apps with Azure Microsoft 365 Power Platform and GitHub. That's a really cool combination for super cool things, getting 
tied in together in a storyline and to explain how to build real-time uh, collaborative apps. And Dan Walling is is basically have the, the intro of the event which is happening on October 26th. So actually on the day when this video should be released. Because it's 26th. Yes. Now, uh, we also announced the SharePoint Framework 1.13 going GA. So extending Microsoft Viva Connection uh, is now G8, which is really, really good. Um, one point here, just to note, uh, so the Viva Connection isn't yet G8. So the platform is now G8, which is a bit of com confusing, uh, confusing. But you can already build uh, Viva Connection extensibility, and then uh, Viva Connection will go GA within a matter of weeks or days. So pretty soon. So, depending on when you watch it, this. Exactly, depending on when you're watching the video. <laughs> uh, so a few pointers about 1.13. Uh, so there's release notes and all of that available. We'll improve documentation gradually for sure. Uh, we also worked with Uvaldec on, on creating the Extend Microsoft Viva Connection learning path. So that's available uh, free Correct. learning. Uh, to get started on, on doing this stuff with the hands-on labs and all of that. Um, also referencing to videos, so really cool video, overview video from Ed Everett, my manager, explaining what is the Vivo Connection extensibility options. And then um, Patrick Rota's absolutely spot-on video on, on showing the different techniques, how to get started on building those adaptive card components. So there's a lot of, lot of like, deep linking to the Microsoft Teams application um, and all of that, because Vivo Connection adaptive cards is kind of a, how would I put it? It's the, the hmm, quick view or quick uh, insights on the application which is actually hosted in Teams. So there's a, a direct relationship with that card in a 99% of the cases with an application in Microsoft Teams. So really cool stuff. And then some future plans and what the SPFX is all about. Now, uh, moving on on the news, there was a uh, guest blog uh, and a video uh, from Norm Young in the SharePoint blog uh, related on customizing lists and uh, best practices. Uh, so Norm uh, is a community MVP who has done a lot of, lot of learnings related on those options. And there's a cool video uh, showing different techniques as well. So how do we take advantage of Microsoft lists? into SharePoint or outside of the SharePoint and then extending uh, that with uh, flows and automation and all of that. So really, really cool stuff, uh, integrations to Teams and all of that. So really, really, really cool stuff. Now, this one is interesting. It took a while for us to actually figure out uh, what was this, what? How three makers, two devs and a princess came together to save kittens for a hackathon. So a bit of a complex uh, scenario, not really when you actually understand that, but basic idea here is that um, the volunteers who are driving in the UK, when they're seeing a petrol station, they can use the flick button to indicate which petrol volunteers station. Volunteers for, for what? For volunteers kittens, for, for saving kittens. For saving exactly. kittens. Yes, so that's a good point. Volunteers for saving kittens, as they go through the UK, hunt uh, saving kittens, they need petrol. So And then they need to know which gas station has petrol because there's the petrol shortage. Shortage, right now. yeah. So yeah. obviously pretty far-fetched kind of a scenario, but actually really cool technologies combined with the with the dataverse and our automate um, and all of that stuff. So really really cool implementation for sure. And then eventually you can actually see which of the which of the petrol stations have fuel and which don't based on the reports from this massive fleet of people who are saving cats. I, lo I love the fact that there's even a, a logo designed for this application. Of so, course. 
Of course there is. Of course. You start it with there. the name and logo. <laughs> exactly. The name and the logo. <laughs> yes, the absolutely. To, you might have done anything else. Yes. You need to have a name and logo. Yes, absolutely. That that's how you do the wind uh, pitch for the uh, and the elevator pitch this for the for the uh, angel investors. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what do you have? Well, we have a name and a logo. Okay. Cool. Here's Kachili. Imagine. We want to improve <laughs> the world. It doesn't work like that, by the way. Now, uh, CLI, <laughs> CLI from Microsoft 365 4.1. Uh, what do I want to talk about here, Waldeck? Uh, so. Correct. So the last week we released a new version of CLI from Microsoft 365. is the version 4.1. The most yep. uh, important uh, feature is the ability to upgrade your SharePoint framework projects to the to version 1.13, which allows you then to make use of the new improvements to build for Viva connections. And then along with that, we introduced some minor improvements. We introduced a command to update information about users uh, in AD. So with that, I would encourage you to upgrade, give it a try, and there's also a link that takes you to the full release notes. Yep, excellent, good stuff. And and it's good to have the, just to be clear, technically the, the CLI for Microsoft 365 doesn't upgrade your solution. It gives you the list of actions which you need to apply to upgrade the solution, but um, I as think well as script that that you could you can run. Sure, a command sure. line script you can yes. run. Yes, exactly. So it's safe thing to test out and understand yep. the needed steps. So which is so it doesn't all of a sudden it doesn't go and start modifying your solution structure and you're freaking out. But, hey, what's happened? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now this one is really good from Simon Doy, uh, connecting SharePoint Online to on-premises databases with SharePoint Framework, and this is actually quite classic scenario, so to say. So how would I surface, uh, for example, let's say the latest sales figures from LOB system in on-premises in the front page of my uh, Viva Connection uh, desktop, so or something like yeah. that. And that sounds really impressive, by the way. Now, there's two different ways of doing this, and, and Simon is basically taking the, the route of doing um, connected query directly to the on-premises, uh, which will then use Azure Relay between, and then there's a set of API permissions which the SPFX solution uh, is then uh, hitting on, and then technically that's the money piece, which is there's an Azure Relay, which is then routing and having that connectivity between on-premises. Now, the classic alternative way of doing this, there's nothing wrong with on this one. This is completely valid um, and, and uh, I'll Alternative option, though, would be to replicate the needed on-premises data or just the reporting data to an Azure SQL database. Yeah. Um, and then, therefore, the connectivity is from the cloud to cloud rather than cloud to on-prem. So, yeah. again, depends on... Well, the but then they, yeah, and also the interesting case is, like, the moment that imagine that you have uh, you have an ACE that you want to use, let's say, to book a well-being day that needs to be tracked in your on-premises HR um, sure. system, sure. right? So it's yep. not only exactly. read, it's, it's also writing. Write exactly, that's true. Yeah, yeah that, that is true. Yeah, the replication style on writing back wouldn't really be that uh, useful. But if you're yeah. presenting data, uh, I guess the, yes. it's a bit of a safer, safer way of doing that. But again, it depends on the scenario, but it's really good to get yep. the storyline uh, included. So really cool stuff. Then there was a, a uh, blog post from Arjun Menon, uh, Azure Cloud Shell issue when uh, using CLI for Microsoft 365 workaround. Uh, you can actually talk about this one, right. Like, right? Yeah. So since a while, you can use CLI for Microsoft 365 in the Azure Cloud Shell, which is a great way to use CLI directly in browser. You don't need to install anything. It's just there. There is the caveat, though. 
Azure Cloud Shell uses Node V8, which is pretty old by now. And unfortunately, uh, the version of CLI that is available now doesn't work with Node V8. So Arjun writes about a workaround that you can use to upgrade the version of Node to use NVM, the Node version manager, to install a newer newer version of Node that you can then use with uh, CLI. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty complicated. You might think that Azure Cloud Shell would actually update to the later version of Node sooner or later. So they intend to. The challenging part is is that they use Node for many things, and apparently there are dependencies that they need to test. So it's more than just updating. They also yeah, need to exactly. check a, exactly. a bunch of it's, things, right? So, but still, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's still, eight is pretty old. Eight is really old. Yeah. So. Um, now, now um, Laura Rogers uh, had a really cool blog post, uh, Connect Modern uh, SharePoint with Parts. Um, classic, actually, scenario, which has been supported for quite a long time, but it's, it's something what people don't necessarily even understand that they can do. So you can easily connect uh, with parts in the SharePoint or Viva Connection and then do a, a kind of a lookups and actually selecting uh, and filtering between the web parts as well. So you can actually build quite interesting and cool looking scenarios, for example, selecting a file on the left side and then showing that on the right side. So there's a lot of options available on those web parts. Um, yeah. And it's been supported for quite a long time, but it's also pretty well hidden between uh, on the on the three dots. Um, so, And there's also a video available for showing that as well. So really cool stuff. Then uh, Mark DeAnderson from Simpraxis Consulting had a sparsely populated SharePoint complex column and Power BI. So one if we want to surface uh, Power BI reports from a SharePoint list data, so how do we actually get, for example, the display name or display value explicitly from a complex column types? So that's that's basically what this is all about. So complex column types being a person, manage, manage metadata, lookup, and location. Because as an example, the person or group field type has identity, it has the, the account information, and then the display title uh, information in the same column. So it's kind of a, if you just do it to string, if you would be running to string, you would actually get not just the display name, you would get something else. And this one basically works yep. through, how do you split that? How do you extend, uh, how do you get explicit subset of information available? For example, employee.title or employee.id. So in this case, employee would be the user field. Really cool stuff. Um, then um, Victor Villan had a simple team SAP single sign-on with Microsoft Craft. So uh, in, in an option, to do single sign-on in the Microsoft Teams using, uh, well, using his own package uh, for the which is the Teams Simple Auth, uh, which is a, a new package available, making things also easier. And then the storyline here is also using the Microsoft uh, Teams FX utility, which will help on the on the client side as well. So, really good yep. blog post for sure for those who are making this, who want to make this happen. So finally, this is now doable. When, whenever we started with Microsoft Teams, <laughs> it's pretty complex to get the authentication bits and pieces in place, right? So yeah. we are getting there. Maybe at some point, we don't need to worry about the single sign-on and authentication identity. It will just magically <laughs> work. That would be the ideal world. Now, Liam Cleary had a two different uh, blog posts, uh, so related to Microsoft Graph, PowerShell, and so backticks versus splatting versus class objects. So basically, what are the different ways advanced, what are the different ways of setting values or creating objects or creating information using the Microsoft Graph 
PowerShell. So here we can see new user display name being da 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 da, and then here's the the actual new user being used as a parameter or as an object. So how do you do all of these things as a in the when you're using the PowerShell craft PowerShell PowerShell craft PowerShell craft PowerShell module? What what do do? Whatever we call Microsoft Graph PowerShell SDK. Yes, that's what we're calling. Thank you. And then there was another one, which is around filtering, uh, working and failures. So how, how the filtering is actually working and what's failing and, and the learnings around that. So he's he's doing a really good job on, on now uh, writing down the learnings and understanding how things are working yeah. with the Microsoft Graph uh, PowerShell SDK. So really good stuff. Yeah. And then two videos, one from Paolo uh, related on adaptive card extensions and data binding. He's now running through this pretty awesome, actually, set of videos focusing on, on the Microsoft Viva connection uh, extensibility explicitly for the mobile experience. Uh, so there's a lot of five to six to 10 minute videos where he's explaining those different concepts. So really, really cool stuff for sure. Um, let's see, there was a video, uh, there was, where was it? Where was it? There we go. So basically showing how the tie into a list data and then surfacing that inside of an ACE. One thing to call out maybe here for those who are not super familiar with the with the ACEs is that the ACEs are intended to be used through mobile. So that's why this kind of a rendering looks a bit strange maybe if you're not familiar with the with the implementation. Hey. Why? Looks good. Oh, looks good for me. Ship it. And then uh, the last video was from April Dunham, a really good uh, video related on how to build pretty power apps people picker with Office 365 users. So she had a video uh, recently related on how to make things look prettier or pretty in power apps. Um, and then this one focuses on building that uh, pe uh, pretty people picker control in power apps to make things uh, look nicer. And as you are selecting a user and then using that user in your application. So really good podcast as well. Sorry, really good video as well. That's right. But that's it uh, for this week. What we're going to go through. Obviously, there was a lot of a lot of other articles and things happening as well. Um, internally, we can pretty much expect now this week to be a bit more quieter because it's ignite next week. So everybody is waiting for for that to happen. So we'll see what we're going to do next week or next Monday uh, on the PMP Weekly. What's happening on your side? Anything interesting this week? Um, Ignite preparations, for one. Oh, I will that one. Uh, yes. oh, we, we do have uh -huh. a session. That's true. Exactly, exactly. So we will talk about what? We'll talk about the Viva Connection. Surprise, surprise. And Viva Connection. Accessibility, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that, that, that is one. surprise, really, probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, as Vesa said, we shipped already the uh, the learning path. So the next part is to reach out actually to you, to all of you, to hear from you whether you like it, whether there is anything that we can improve, and what's most most important, what would you like us to add next? Right? Are there features in uh, the way you build extensions? Is are there specific things that you would like to learn more about? Uh, because the cool thing about it is that a, a learning path gives you this structured way to learn, right? So there are blog posts, videos that, that give you the quick insight into the features or the specific things. Like if you're interested in how do I do X? How do I do this specific one thing? But if you want to have a bigger overview, I think a learning path is a great way to learn it. Um, so yeah, we're curious to hear more from you. What would you like to learn? 
Other than that, we're working on continuously evolving CLI for Microsoft 365 with new features, new improvements and enhancements uh, that is in progress. And other than that, it's it will be it will be, I think, a few days or a few hours for me to get back for air and think about okay, what do we want to do do next? Because the last few weeks were primarily all about the learning path, getting that out on time. Yeah, exactly. And and getting for me, it's, it's been the SPFX 1.13, getting that one out and now then following up on if there's any issues on that one and then setting up 1.14 preview is coming quite soon as well. So because we already know there's new stuff which is still pending there, which we delayed there intentionally to avoid issues, uh, well, avoid too many things happening in 1.14. So yeah, that's, that should be good. Uh, Ignite, of course, uh, call-up summit preparations need to get started. So a lot of, lot of stuff actually. So my calendar is looking pretty busy. So, which is, I yeah. guess it's a positive thing. So there's things to do. It is, it is, absolutely. <laughs> and I guess at times, at times it's, it's interesting. I think the other day I talked to somebody where I said, like, it comes very much in waves, right? I mean, there are times where you're busy and you don't, you, you basically don't look beyond the pile of work you have immediately now because it's yep. so much. So you don't even yep. think about tomorrow because you know, you're doing X, you're doing this. And then at some point you're done and you're like, okay, what am I doing next? Because for the last three weeks, you didn't even take a moment to think about the next thing because you were busy doing this, right? And now you're free and you're like, huh, what am I going to do next? Yeah. So I guess that 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 is a bit of that time now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. Anyway, so I guess that's fine for this one. Thank you, Simon, one more time for joining us today. That was a really good discussion. Would have actually would have been really good. We need to get you back, or we need to have a continue that discussion in Call Up Summit. Uh, uh, Synchronously. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Synchronously. Yes, indeed. But uh, we'll be coming back with the new PMP Weekly then again in weeks. Thanks for everybody watching or listening and give us feedback. Hashtag PMP Weekly in a Twitter so we'll know about your articles and, and in general, feedback is always welcome. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>